0: you're listening to the fashion ambition podcast and i'm your host natalie robin the fashion ambition podcast is all about bringing you the tools and strategies to start and scale your business or career in fashion through conversations with industry experts who have been there and done that whether you're a startup founder, a new fashion graduate, or a soon-to-be graduate like me, or you just know that a career in fashion is your calling, we have an episode to help you launch. Make sure to keep up with new episodes by following the podcast at The Fashion Ambition on Instagram, where I update you on new episodes every week. You can also find my blog on Instagram at nomadandmode and online at nomadandmode.net, where I write all about fashion and travel. You can find all of the links to connect with me in the show notes. So, with that, let's get into the episode. Hi, I'm Natalie, and welcome to the Fashion Ambition Podcast. I am so excited to share this episode with you because today I will be talking with Sarah Wheelwright, who is an award winning entrepreneur based in Saskatoon, Canada. She's the owner and founder of SE Trusted Online Directories, which helps to connect people with trusted contractors in their area. In addition to this, she's also a marketing expert and is the owner and founder of Trusted Marketing Services. So in this episode, we'll be talking all about marketing, some tips people can use to get their businesses through the pandemic, and what new graduates can do to put themselves out there in a tough job market. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah, and thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me. This is great.
0: Of course, my pleasure. So I really wanted to start with um, how you first got into marketing, because I know it wasn't like a direct route. So, and I think that story is really interesting. So I'd love to start there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I have uh, in the past when I was younger, um, I always been to sales and uh, I did get a job um I uh, actually kind of doubled my wage overnight. I work, we used to work in a factory and then I ended up managing to get myself a job with uh, Yellow Pages in the UK. Um, so then I got into the world of marketing sales and I uh, really enjoyed it because you are able to have, especially with small businesses, you're able to have a real effect on their business because they haven't got huge budgets, right? right. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And uh, when I eventually uh, moved to Canada, uh, I got a job um, within the radio industry in radio sales. Uh, locally here in Saskatoon. So same thing. Um, I enjoyed getting to know the businesses. It was a great way when you moved to another country to get to know the lay of the land as you're going around to all of the local businesses and helping them, you know, basically finding solutions. And that's really what marketing is. Um, I think a lot of people think it's pizzazz and magic and, you know, only, only people with marketing degrees can do it. But really, it's about listening and it's about problem solving. And um, when I was doing this, I realised that I had a problem that um, you know needed to be solved, and that was that as a newcomer to Canada, specifically to Saskatoon and Saskatchewan, obviously has you know seasons like nowhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, that there came some. Uh, uh, some some things that I just didn't know. I traveled a lot, but I'd never lived in, in a climate like this before. So the first thing was like air conditioning and furnace and, you know, vehicles and all of that kind of stuff. And and I had a few bad experiences with businesses. And, and so I felt as if there was something missing. And because my background was in marketing and, and specifically directory marketing, I felt that there was something lacking as far as a directory for newcomers. So that's really when the first seed was planted for my original business, which um, started off with trusted Saskatoon.com, which I launched actually 10 years ago uh, this year. So Essentially, what Thrust Saskatoon is, it's a list of the 40 most searched kind of local service uh, categories um, and a little bit of retail as well in local markets. And we find either because they approach us or through personal experience or nominations from their clients, we find people in, in those top 40 categories. And you would think things like um, air conditioning and furnace, things like contractors, home builders, plumbers, electricians, um, auto repair, like all of these categories where people have problems, right? You, right. The, when you hear horror stories in the news, it's, it's oh my God, the contractor wrecked my life, left my house, you know, falling down. Um, I bought this car and it was, you know, terrible. Or, you know, <laughs> these are the things that you hear. Um, so what I wanted to do, because there was already, it seems, somewhere that you could go to when you had a problem, which was like the Better Business Bureau or you know, trading standards or whatever, but there didn't seem to be anything that stopped problems happening in the first place by having a really strict criteria And contracting people to to uphold guarantees. So I explored the concept, I went and asked around and and spoke to people, you know, asked about their experiences as newcomers. And I realized as well, it wasn't just newcomers. Everybody had a story Mm -hmm. just in different categories, whether it be movers or whatever, um, and realized that there was an opportunity. So Uh, from there um, at the time I was a single mom of three kids um, under the age of six including identical twin girls who are 13 now and um, it seemed like the best time to start a business (laughs) so (laughs) so to to the like abject horror of my father in England he was like what are you doing you've got this great Korean radio and I said if I don't do it I'm going to kick myself for the rest of my life if somebody Mm -hmm. else does so it was actually fear of not doing it and somebody else doing it that, that drove me. And, uh, so I jumped in, uh, with both feet. Um, I ended up, um, starting the business. Um, at the time I started with a partner who did, that didn't work out. Um, and I, I was a little bit tentative and I still had my job at the radio station. They give me permission, but they weren't very encouraging or optimistic mm-hmm. about a websites making money. And, um, uh, basically I was half in. You know, i I put the money in, I'd come up with a concept, but when it came to actually selling it, I was relying on somebody else so I could keep my job. Um, And it wasn't until it started taking off and they actually fired me uh, because they didn't expect it to take off and they saw me as competition um, that it actually really did go into um, a a massive boost. Um, So I got fired for the first time in my life. um, And then two months later, uh, TrustedSaskatoon.com launched. And in that two months, I'd signed up uh, fifty. Um, businesses on top of the ones that we'd already picked up. so we were ready to go, and uh, that's how it all began. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I'd had some business experience, but you know not as a business owner um, so it was really learn as they go, and uh, quite a few mistakes were made. But the one thing that I did know is I, I I knew marketing, and I knew that there was a need, and I knew that I could help these businesses. The majority of them who were small, under mm-hmm. five, sometimes just one person. And the biggest thing that Trusted Saskatoon does is we become this cooperative. So they give me money, not very much. And then I make that money go as far as they can by promoting the community, telling people why they should go there um, and also helping them um, navigate the marketing landscape, which has certainly changed a lot over the last two years and probably, um, you know, especially over the last two years, but I mean, a lot over the last 10 years,
0: mm-hmm. you know, when
1: I first started Yellow Pages was still this thick and now I think it's about like this. So right. that's how it all began. <laughs>
0: Right, that's awesome. I love that story, and I think the point, especially about like when you're actually let go from your job, and then you had such a quick turnaround into you know launching your business. I just find that so inspiring because I think for a lot of people, getting fired is such a, I guess, just such a painful moment, and it can really stop you in your tracks if you let it. So yeah, so I love that, um, yeah. but. Switching gears to um, to small businesses, like right now, um, I was wondering, do you, if somebody's really struggling right now because I guess you know th- there are particular challenges going on right now because of the pandemic, and a lot of small businesses already don't have a lot of money to work with when it comes to like their marketing. So I would love to know, Do you would, would what would you suggest in terms of low cost like marketing strategies for somebody who's really struggle, struggling right now?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting because I have probably 100 small businesses as, as clients, whether they be mm-hmm. ongoing clients for the directories or whether it be marketing um, people that come to me once or twice a year and people that uh, I, I deal with on a regular basis. And I would actually say the small businesses that I deal with, probably 90% of them are having um a better year than they've they've had before um certainly over the last few years um and it's the 10% that are in industries such as catering restaurants um some fitness if it's gyms and things like that um personal services so your salons and and, and things like that anyone to do with events hospitality um you know they are they are struggling um and what i saw with 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 a lot of businesses was when the pandemic initially hit, they just dropped off the face of the earth. They stopped communicating. They stopped communicating through their social media. Um, They stopped their advertising and uh, held their collective breath. and, And some of them just didn't start again. And I actually reached out to some of my clients and said, if you're still in business, you need to be communicating to people because they still need to eat Mm-hmm. They still need to, you know, do renovations. They still all of these things that have to be done. You don't have to do it overly. It's okay to say, you know, how you're feeling, you know, as long as you don't, you know, um, kind of go into make people depressed about things. What you okay. have to do is is if you have time in your hands for a lot of these businesses and especially the ones I've dealt with, I mean, they're great businesses. I mean, I deal mm-hmm. with them because they're great, right? And and just we just tell more people. And... You know, a lot of the times in the past, they didn't have the time to actually be involved in doing a lot of marketing or doing their own marketing. And then when they were given this time that was forced upon them, um, I told them it was a gift and that what they had to do was take the time to not worry about things that they had no control of, but to think about how they wanted to communicate going forward in a way that they could fit into um, uh, their business as a whole and Mm -hmm. create something that was better than what they were doing previously so of course some of them you know found that really difficult and me and i spent a lot of time advising them um you know but the first thing is every business they're an expert in what they do right Mm -hmm. especially if they've been doing it for a while so the problem that they can have is they think that everybody knows how to do things and i think the Mm -hmm. first thing you do is you break down all of the inquiries and questions that you have coming from people over the months or the years. And then you start answering those questions because if one person has asked you 50 people have thought about it, Mm -hmm. you know, so then you can use your expertise in a way that adds value to people's lives. And if you can become the expert and it doesn't cost much because it's all in here, it's all Mm -hmm. your experience. And if you can break it down uh, because people like simplicity, they don't like complex if you can break it down into simple um, bite-sized pieces and just educate people, then you become the expert. And people want to deal with the expert, not the other guy.
0: Right, for sure. So, so how would someone go about um, breaking t- or making those questions or the answers to
1: those questions visible? So would they do that on social media? Or that would, I mean, that that's the the, the cheapest way for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but right now social media isn't even like it was. Social media used to be, you'd put a post on Facebook and maybe a picture. You know, when it first started, there was no pictures. It was just, you know, you just put a post up there. Mm-hmm. So then it evolved to having a post and a picture, um, and now it's videos and a post. And if you're really smart, you'll have a website with a blog, and you will utilize the social media to interest people Mm -hmm. in subjects that are relevant to your business it's got to be relevant and then you'll take them back to your website um, to read more information about that specific subject and to be honest if what you're saying is something that people are interested in they will click and they will go there and they'll take the time to get to know you. And and if you take that time to just write and that's what it comes down to is time. And certainly if you're having a slower time because of the pandemic, this is the ideal time to create lots of content that when things do eventually come back to a, a close to normal or a new normal or a new landscape, then you have this library of fantastic content that's always gonna be relevant that you can then pass out Um, where you are the source you're not directing people you know over there it's like you know if you're gonna write a travel blog and then you just kind of said hey my friend Susan went here and this is what she said about this place I mean what's the point in you being that person you know it's better off that Susan wrote it not you wrote it you know so you know don't direct people of course you can you can you can talk about other experts in the industry let's say I don't know Mike Holmes for example and maybe a contractor wants to talk about why he doesn't agree with my comms and you can utilize some of that information, but you should be the source, you're the expert and social media allows you to do that. The pushback that I often get from from smaller contractors or smaller business owners is they're really great at cars or they're really great at building houses, but they're not good at writing. Mm -hmm. And then I throw back at them and say, well, forget the writing then, do a video, do a video, do a vlog. I've got a um, an auto body um, guy down in Regina right now, John Bergen, who, you know, hates racing, but I've got him to do five minute videos about frequently asked questions. And he just does it from his car or his office and it's authentic and it's real. And he knows what he's talking about. You know, it's not like he has to explain the string theory, right? This is right, something that yeah. they do all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and because they can do it without an audience now, and you can just have your camera and just just talk, then it makes it a lot easier. And, and people like that, you know, that's real. Um, mm-hmm. It's not highly produced and it's cheap and it goes out there. And if you do it frequently enough, because that's one of the keys of marketing successfully, you know, you've got to have relevance. It's got to be frequent and you've got to do it consistency, co- consistently and you will be successful. It might not be the first video or the first blog. It might not be the 10th video or the 10th blog, but eventually you start building up this, um, Content that people engage with, and you will get that opportunity to become the expert in the marketplace.
0: Right. So a lot of businesses realized the mistake of not being online um, when the pandemic hit. So, do you have any tips as to um, what they can do to now get themselves established in terms of an online presence?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, after the initial kind of you know collective breath and and when things started to. Take off again. I mean, they really did. Mm-hmm. There was people that we had um, pitched websites to, and had come to us, you know, a year, two years before, six months before, and people that we'd never heard of were all reaching out. Um, so it was um it was a little overwhelming from a marketing point of view. And I know that I, I speak for many people in the industry because, of course, we wanted to help, but we only had so many hours in the day, and um, e-commerce sites specifically, you know, are not something that you can just build that are good and quality is very important. Right. Um, so I, th- I think the first thing is, is do you have to have your own website? I think that was one thing that, uh, people come to us all the time for apps. And I'm like, why do you want an app? Because we, we think we should have one. I'm like, well, let's start off with what you want to have happen, right? So I think right. very important in business and in, in marketing is, is to start off with the goals. Um, quite a lot of times people try to tell us how to do a website, or tell us how to do marketing, because they think this is how it should work and that's not the case it's like you taking your car to a mechanic and saying okay so my car's not running so i think if you um take the engine out and then put it over there and you just wouldn't do that right Some reason with marketing people think that they have to try and tell us how they think it should work and we say just just stop tell us what you want to happen what's the goal of what you want to do so for example a store that, um, you know, perhaps is a retail store. And actually we have one just in, in our building, um, et cetera, is in Saskatchewan.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Joy had, had no online presence. She just had a Facebook page, and even that was fairly new. So, and, and she really is a very relational person. She has a lot of clients that will come through on a regular basis. And she just didn't feel like a need, to be honest. She's downtown, she's right up by midtown, etc. So when this all hit, she panicked because she obviously was shut down initially and she didn't know what to do. So uh, luckily, uh, we um, uh, when I say we, I mean, trusted marketing services, one of the clients that we've been working on, and we actually had a five-month build, is a company called Local House. So I don't know if you've heard of Local House, but that um, started here in Saskatoon. Um, and localhouse.ca is essentially skip the dishes for retail. So, Oh,
0: cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we've built a full um, ecosystem for them um, where people have their individual stores, just like they have for individual restaurants. On mm-hmm. And you order um, from the stores through local house. It does the full checkout process and you get delivery same day or next day um, where they have a delivery network. So, so for Joy, I said, Joy, don't, Think about a website right now, you know, because she knew that we started it normally about six to $7,000, which right. would be a decent e-commerce website. I said, just don't right now. We're, we're building something that's going to be perfect for you. So all Joy has done is she set up a shop in local house. Um, people can, all she has to do is upload her products into there, and then people can buy and then get delivered the same day or next day or whatever it might be. So it's ideal. So she didn't need a website. and. You know, beyond the local option, a local house is great because it's local and it's owned by a local entrepreneur that actually is in retail themselves. Um, And it's now available in Saskatoon and Regina. You also have things like Etsy. You also have things, I hate to say it, like Amazon, right? Where you have those stores. Um, So the first thing is, do you actually need to have your own website? And of course, if you're a major brand, yes, is the answer. But if you are a specialty store um, or something like that, perhaps that's not, you know, maybe getting onto, you yeah, something like Etsy um, your local house specifically is that you're going to benefit from the marketing that they do driving people to the mall. Because essentially what these um, e-commerce marketplaces are um, is, is like a virtual mall. And the benefit mm-hmm. of being in a mall is when you go to shoppers to go pick up your prescription, you walk past, shops and you go in them, right? You know, certainly you did before the pandemic where you pretend to be straight to it now. But being Mm -hmm. in a mall means that you pay, normally you pay extra for that mall traffic. And so being in a virtual mall is the same kind of thing. So if somebody comes specifically looking for a product and it's built in such a way that you can see other stores, you'll just go and investigate. And the benefit of these online marketplaces is I don't have to physically leave my house in the cold weather park and hope I can, you know, uh, get parking that's close to the entranceway. I can do it all from my sofa whilst I'm watching uh, Netflix on TV. And in this case, it actually gets delivered to my door the same day. So I'm getting my instant gratification. So it's a win-win. So I think the first thing is don't think that what you think is the solution is the only solution and the best solution. You know, looking around to see what's already there um, is probably the best advice I would have for a lot of marketing things. You know, why do you think you need an app? Maybe you just need your website to look better on a mobile device. And, right. you know, an app is a big, is a huge commitment. I mean, we all have um, apps on our phones and I've got kind of mine here and you've got the ones that make the home page, and then you've mm-hmm. got the other one. And I don't know about you, but I dump apps on a regular basis. You know, as I look at the fact that my pictures and my kids are more important than the space that an app takes up that I haven't used for ages. Right. So- um, you know, don't worry about getting an app unless what you have is really suitable for that. It's not, it shouldn't be a vanity piece of marketing just because your friend has one that has a business. what no, nothing like yours. Right. So the first thing is you need to know about the why. And I think in life and business, in entrepreneurship, it's always about the why and finding out about what you want to have happen and then finding the experts to guide you to to that um, end result that you're looking for.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's I guess that's why you do consult experts because they are the ones who know about those kinds of platforms. Whereas your immediate thought might be to yeah, build build an app that's going to take you months to create or a website that you might not know how to build. So Absolutely.
1: yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I mean. Apps, I mean, you, for a decent app, even even that with a decent app, you're looking at you know 25, 25, 000. So even when people when we just learned that people you know could actually use an app and it's a good thing. The first thing that I recommend is not that we build it, is that we go find somebody that's already built something like it and we ask to see if they'll white label it. Okay. So so again, you know, I mean, we might be cutting I might be cutting my nose off to spite my face, but I want to give the best advice. And if I do that, Mm -hmm. what happens in in business, you know, giving the best advice, even if it isn't the most profitable for me in the long run has worked out to be the best and most profitable thing for the business.
0: Right. Because then that builds that builds that trust with people. They know that that you're going to give them the most honest and best advice, even if you're not benefiting, you know, right then and there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Do you have um, like different advice depending on whether the company is uh, like direct to consumer or um, like business to business? Like, do you have different advice as to how different kinds of companies
1: should market themselves online? I mean, it really is. It really just depends again on what what how their transaction is and what their goal is, right? Are they selling a something? Are they selling something tangible? You know, is it office supplies? It's business to business, you know, versus, you know, flowers, which, you know, could be business to business or, or business to person. I mean, essentially, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, it might be different people that you're targeting, but that that checkout process is is pretty similar. It's just the flowers obviously. Uh, need to be delivered quicker because they're perishable, where the office furniture hopefully isn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Not that quick anyway. Yeah. So I think it very much depends on where you're at, and it's less of a business-to-business thing. Um, um, I, I, I would say that what I've noticed is that people who are business-to-business try much harder and almost too hard to sound more complicated on their websites. Um, okay. And I, I listen to podcasts quite a lot, and I, I walk every day. And I don't know if you've heard of Blinkist, but uh, it's, it's a great app. I've had for a couple. I of think it.
0: so. Yeah. I yeah. Actually, I think I think you may have mentioned it last time we we talked. Yeah.
1: I Love it, and and you know, mm-hmm. I go for an hour, and I can listen to three books. So I've just been listening to quite a bit about Steve Jobs and Apple right now. Okay. And, uh, You know, essentially. Do you want to be Apple or do you want to be Dell? When you look at a Dell website versus an Apple website, I mean this is crammed with information and it's all about specs and blah blah blah. Where Apple is just look at this beautiful machine that we built. Right. <laughs> the Simplicity of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, they vary sometimes. They don't even um they don't even put specs on it, they just put a picture of the product, and, and that's enough to make you want to have it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so I think that the people tend to think too much inside the bottle. Um, And when you're inside the bottle as a business owner or or researcher or whatever, it's very difficult to read the label because you're not your ideal customer. So quite often we have to um, demystify um, things for people because they want to put in so much information. Or, for example, when we tell them to write a blog, they get too technical. I'm like, no, 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 you're not writing a blog for yourself or for one of your colleagues. Who are you writing the blog for? It's for an investor that doesn't know much that you're trying to kind of explain what you do, or it's for um, somebody that wants to build a house and they don't want to hear about grades of insulation. They want to, you know, hear about what the best thing in the house is to spend money on if they only have a budget, right? So you really have to step outside. And that again is where it's, it's good to have experts because quite a lot of times what we can do is we'll walk into a project that somebody thinks they've started and we just start pulling bits off it. And just say, no, that doesn't want to go there. That's going to be far too much information. Or you're trying to put this over here. And um, that's where marketing comes in. What we do a lot of times is really simplify everything, take it right back to, you know, what we want to have happen and then just work back from there.
0: Okay. So it's really about um, streamlining things a lot of the time then.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Simplifying things. I mean, you know, I think it's um, when you go to a website or when you have a transaction in a store, you want it to be easy, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes difficult. I mean, that's what I said, you know, kind of about local house being great she you get that instant gratification. And what we've become as people um, of privilege, you know, in, in, the, in the place that we live and the time that we live in, is you want things and we want them now. And if we don't get them now, we get irritated. You know, in a few minutes, our shoulders go up and we're like, oh, you know, I can't yeah. be <laughs> and we, Off we go. We, we decide to go shop somewhere else, right? Even if it's something we actually really wanted, we have we have very little patience, you know, and, and what you want to do as a business um, or, or a blog, whether it be selling something or selling yourself as well, you've got to make it really, really clear um, what you want to have happen. And you have to make the pathway from prospect to sale to be really straightforward, a straight line, you know, you're you're building with a business, you're building a railway. And what you want to do is you want people to jump on your train and you want them to go from, you know, prospect to sale, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. You take them on that journey. And if you keep on putting rocks on the road of your success, eventually people, even if they really, really want that product or they really care about you, they'll just stop removing the, the obstacles and I just say, you know what, this is too hard. I'm going to go over here for the easy option. So it's really important to, to think about that transaction process and, and um, you know, whether it be on the website. So if you have an only online business, the worst thing that can happen is when you open up a website that everything's just been thrown at you. Can you really? imagine if you walked into a retail store and everything was just like tossed at you as soon as you walked through the door, like or if you looked in a window and it was just everything that was in the store was just kind of shoved into the window. Like it it, it just it's too much. You become right. overwhelmed. So the idea is honestly is to be like IKEA. Right? I always say to people, you know, a, a good business because IKEA has an in and out. It takes you on a pathway and a journey, plus things that you didn't even know that you wanted, that you weren't ever going to look for, if you just wait <laughs> to go to one department or another. It takes you on a journey that actually is quite pleasant. They feed you halfway around. you know and you've got bags to pick up stuff all the way there they make it so easy to to spend money with them and and you know that people go to Ikea for a day trip yeah I know I've never
0: I've actually full disclaimer have never been to an Ikea there's there isn't one in Saskatoon and I've never you know never had the uh I guess opportunity to go to one in in, in uh, some of the other cities I've lived in, but yeah, you're you're definitely selling it to me right now. oh, <laughs> oh I, <mean>, I should <laughs> go look, check
1: it out. Yeah, the Swedes are fantastic. They they've got a sort of simple, minimalist, but you know, very very persuasive.
0: Mm-hmm. And and
1: you know that's what I say to people. That's how your business should be. That's how your website should be, where it's intuitive. And in the fact that you and as I said with with these blogs and things, if somebody's going to be uh, going back to your website to read a blog that you've written as an expert on whatever it is, whether it's events or catering or whatever, when people go and read that piece of content, you want to make sure that after they've read that, that they have that opportunity to then read more. Because people want more of what they want, right? right, making it easy. So if they like that that content on, um, you know, how to cook vegan you know, hey, mm-hmm. okay, if you're interested in this, here's more information on that, and people can then follow that. Because if you just end that conversation abruptly, then you've lost the opportunity to take them deeper into into your world and and get them to trust you, and eventually get them to be customers of yours.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, I find that that whole kind of pathway like process to be really interesting because um, it's just something that I'm learning about right now, actually, with blogging because I think when I first started a lot of the advice was post a photo every day, just post a, like, it was very, it was very fluff. It was very about like building followers, followers on social media. Um, but now what I've learned is it's more so about, okay, what are you actually offering people? And then how can you like answer a question or solve a problem in some way? And then build a funnel or a path or some way for them to go from A to B to finally, you know, purchasing with you. So yeah, I find that really, really interesting. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask was what advice would you give to somebody who doesn't have the time basically to invest in their marketing, um, in their marketing efforts? Like, do you have any good platforms that you would suggest that really takes that workload off?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that they have to think about is, number one, um, if we talk about social media, like what platforms are they on? And if they're on seven, why seven? You know, again, what's the goal? You know, because it's much better to own one market than be very have very little ownership in seven right so i say uh, when people talk about you know markets it could be owning a city it could be owning instagram right it could be whatever that that thing would be to you whether it's an online or not um so that'd be the first thing is you know how much time are you putting into marketing oh are you not actually allocating time in your calendar to do that so i i think what it is as well people spend a lot of time being busy and not actually achieving things so Mm -hmm. i think you know when you're in business and uh as an entrepreneur or, you know, looking to kind of make changes in your life. I think what you have to do is really just learn in the 24 hours that you have in a day. What are you doing in those hours? Um, I actually use um, and have done for a few years now uh, software um, called Trello. Uh,
0: oh, I know
1: Trello. Yeah. Yeah. So task management, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I probably use it. Everyone uses it in their own different way. But I mean, for people that don't know, it's essentially a a. a uh, kind of like post-it notes on 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 lists, you know, like we used to have, like, you know, but it's actually virtual and you can move um your post-its or your tasks from one side to the other, from coming up next to this week to today to done. And it's great right. to get that done, done. You know, so what I find is, you know, it's got you can add checklists on there. In fact, that's where I had, you know, um this interview and mm-hmm. with attachments and all of the rest of it. So the first thing you have to work out is what are you doing in the hours of the day? What, what time are you wasting? What time are you, are you having that isn't actually scheduled? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, putting in time for marketing, you know, because that's what a lot of small business owners and a lot of business owners don't do. They don't actually have time. So what happens is they think, oh, I need to do some Facebook posts. And then they do three that day. And then they don't right. do that, you know? right. So so I think it's it's having a plan. It's having time set aside and, and being realistic. Like, you know, you've got to have that time. You've got to use it, whether it's one hour a week, whether it's, you know, um, one hour every other day, you know, and, and start then planning what you're going to do. So, you know, if you're the expert and you know what those questions are, you don't have to do everything in real time. You know, so mm-hmm. what we do and what most marketing companies do is when we do marketing for people, we're pre-planned. We, we post a month ahead. We've got everything right. in buckets. Um, so for example, um, I'm just doing some, some stuff for, for uh, taco Time right now. And Tackle Time, we have menu features. We have reviews from, from customers. We have um, branding stuff um, about the company and the history and stuff like that. We've got um, Spotlight on Locations. So we've got these buckets. And then we make sure that we're talking about everything in these buckets every month. And then we provide content that leads back to the website. So we plan all this out on the calendar in advance um, with the text and the content. And then we create the creatives and then we pre-schedule it. Right. It's all Cause- done. Because most businesses have their seasons that are busy and, and seasons that aren't. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think as well, you can sometimes tell when a business is busy because that's when they stop doing marketing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is the best time to stop because that's the time where most people are looking for their products and services. So right. that we should be more available than any other time. That's like a, a, a person that sells Christmas trees, not talking about Christmas trees until July. Like it doesn't make sense. Like yeah. we're talking about Christmas trees, you know, October, November, December. So, right. um, but that's when they're too busy to start talking about Christmas trees. So it really is pre-planning and then having this. And I think, you know, again, big businesses know this and small businesses think of marketing as an expense and uh, marketing isn't an expense, it's an investment. So you should put time into that because the return that you can have by doing it properly is is huge.
0: Right. And planning it out ahead of time so that you're so that when you are busy, you know it's already set up for you, you don't have to create something while you have a million other things going on. So I think that's really smart too. It is. And also
1: as well, if you have pre-planned everything, and let's say you do two or three posts a week, which is more than adequate for most businesses, And then something comes up that's like special. The the pressure is off you. You've already got your two posts a week. Something's come up that you want to talk about. Um, Sometimes it might be because it's something. Let's say it's a small business in Saskatoon, and we're talking about this week, which has been like the coldest week of the year, and probably the century, I think. Yeah. Yeah, So, so it would make sense if you, you know, had something that was related to that, whether it's an air conditioning business or you, you, you're a retail business that sells warm clothing. You know, it's okay to. To do some posts on the day that relate to what's going on outside because that's authentic. But if that was if you had nothing going on, that would feel like pressure. But because you already have those two posts, and you know it's kind of probably going to be cold in February anyway, and you've probably covered that base, it allows Mm -hmm. that freedom to go and make that post on the day without feeling that you have to. It's because you want to, and that's again is going to come across very well because it's that authenticity, and people can see that you're there. And again, if you feel comfortable, and you can do a video and stuff like that, even better.
0: Right. So it's much more spontaneous. And then you can kind of, I guess, feel a little bit more at, at ease rather than forcing to forcing Absolutely. yourself to create something. And people yeah. typically can pick
1: up on that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times people don't do marketing because they don't know what to say. So, and it, it's more about what they want to say at that moment. So if you already have pre-planned out what you're going to say, all of a sudden you, you feel better because that, niggling thing, you know, that's behind you that's saying, oh, you haven't done a Facebook post for a week. That's already taken care of, you know, Mm -hmm. you're under less pressure and it just becomes an easier process.
0: Right. Right. So I want to be mindful of your time. So I just have a couple more questions left. Um, But so the next kind of category that I wanted to cover was new graduates, because I think that's another uh, group of people who are nervous right now to graduate into kind of an uncertain market. So I was wondering what kind of um strategies can people be using to to make
1: themselves seen right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah I think the first thing is, you know, whomever um sends resumes to me or applies for jobs, I am going to go check them out online. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to make sure that you that you have um you know good social media, even if I mean I, I don't know um, kind of if you have LinkedIn, but if you don't, you should, and you should make sure that it's professional, it's up to date, you know, again, taking some time to write some contents about um, and, and post them on, on that platform. So you don't have to have your own website or, or your own blog. You can utilize the ones that are already there about what you're passionate about, about what you've been studying. You know, I think that's that's important. Um, making sure that, and I tell this to my kids all the time, so I've got a 17-year-old and 13-year-olds, you know, they, they set up some social media accounts when they were 11 or 12 that I didn't know about that. They don't know the passwords to like get rid of all of that shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, also what I would suggest doing if you haven't already, and I do not know that they told you this at school, is you should go and get everything on every platform with your name on it and go and go secure it. Right. And your picture on there so they know it's you. You don't have to use that platform. But what you don't want is somebody else to get your name, and maybe they're not um somebody that you want to be associated with and they're not posting content that um you know would would, would look at you if you do, if we're just having a cursory look for that name and we haven't seen what you look like, you know, you don't want right. to be associated with that. So that would be definite advice. And making sure that you know you are active and that you are contributing, um, interacting. Um, I have um, had a very positive experience with LinkedIn, for example, and, and also with Facebook with people reaching out. Um, you know, I think there's opportunity there. And, and if you particularly want to go work for um, a certain industry or a certain company, then you should be following them on social media. You should be following the individuals, um, you know, the, 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 the key people within the company. Try to be interacting with them you know, make an impression upon them, um, right. you know, and show your passions and, um, what you stand for. And uh, then you won't be an unfamiliar name in the pile of applications.
0: Right. For sure. I think that point about, uh, personal PR is so important to, uh, to just make sure that, you know, there's nothing from 10 years ago that you wouldn't want a potential employer seeing, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I think I think a lot of people, um, because social media is social and it's meant to be fun and stuff, um, don't necessarily think all the way down that path. But, yeah, it is.
1: Believe me, I I, I do uh, marketing for some politicians and, and um, parties and stuff. And, and sometimes they don't either. Right. You know, things that they did or said, you know, 10 years ago can come up to bite them. So it's 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 an ongoing thing. And that's that's what I, you know got to be cognizant of is that that there's a record of everything and I think it's really important to be aware of that and it's much much easier to scrape um you know things that you don't want now than it is trying to do that later on
0: right right for sure definitely something to keep in mind Um, so the very last question that I wanted to ask you was what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self when you were first getting started in your career
1: Ask for help um, more often. Mm-hmm. I'm very headstrong, and uh, that's both a blessing and a curse. And uh, uh, I'm a great person for somebody that's starting a business because I can tell them all of the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that I, a lot of times I went in with too much optimism, which you need some, otherwise, you'll never start, right? You'll never get off the ground. Um, optimism and people. And I think. Uh, Something that was said to me recently was don't, when when hiring or choosing who to partner with or choosing who to go in business with, don't plant potatoes and expect strawberries. Right. You know, Be very honest with what you need. And if that person, no matter how much you like them, um, doesn't mean that you should be hiring them. Um, Right. You should be going into business with them, even if they're your best friend in the world. You know, you've got to really be objective when, when making those decisions. Um, and as well, you know, take the time to really try to sit down with people in industries that you're interested in and pick their brains. Um, you know, I certainly would give anybody advice, you know, well, if they were looking to marketing or just getting into business. I, I do actually mentor a lot of women, mm-hmm. um, you know, and give them that advice. And, and you know, yeah, definitely ask for help. You don't have to do everything yourself and learn from people who have made mistakes and don't make those same mistakes.
0: Right. Right. No, I think that's such a good point because so often we think that we have to do things. We have to know how to do things by ourselves and we have to know how to do them perfectly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, perfection is overrated. It really, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that um, it's okay to fail, but you know, I, I think as well, you know, if you're in a position where you are going to be hiring people, um, the old adage is hire slow, fire fast. Right.
0: So be, being able to kind of discern what skill set you might need in a particular role and value that over maybe the personality that or maybe not personality is the right word, but how much you like that person in another in another life setting? <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think a lot of times we're attracted to people like us, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody's like you, and you're having an interview with that person. You're like, oh my god, she's fantastic. She's like <laughs> me, you know. Yeah. And that can be that can be a trap, you know, because um, you know quite often, you know, for, for example, with with design and development, you know, really the main traits are introversion you know, mm-hmm. when they get into the zone so having someone that's an extrovert in in a highly detailed job is a can be a nightmare. Right. You know so you really have to be careful um in those positions and you have to be objective um you know what you're looking at and you also have to be aware that you know you don't have to do everything and you're not going to be the expert at everything and when you're avoiding something that should be the first thing that you pass off to somebody else when you can because that means you don't like it. Right. So that's that's great and you won't do those things well
0: <laughs> right yeah no great advice all right well i want to yeah we're, we are a little bit over time here so thank you so much again for taking the time i so appreciate it and i i personally feel like i, I learned quite a bit so thank you
1: no thank you very much and you take care and uh, yes hopefully uh we'll get to see you in in person kind of once yeah <laughs> uh, i think we'll go out for a tea or a coffee <laughs> yeah we should we should
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fashion Ambition podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Sarah and Trusted Marketing Services, you can find the website at trustedmarketingservices.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. If you'd like this episode, make sure to leave a review, and if you got any great takeaways, I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Nomad and Mode, and follow the podcast page at The Fashion Ambition to be updated whenever there's a new episode. I know that I always learn so much from each of the guests on the podcast and I would love to know what stood out most to you. So feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you learned. Thanks again and see you in the next episode of the fashion ambition.